0: Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 99 of my podcast, beekeeping short and sweet. Someone recently predicted that spring had arrived. Well, with snow showers today and more cooler weather ahead, winter still feels to have a grip. That shouldn't stop us looking ahead though and getting our bees in tip-top condition for the new season. keeping short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me so this podcast is sponsored in part by honeypore hives this season i'm delighted to have honeypore hives on board as one of our biggest supporters do pop over to their website and take a look at the fantastic range of langstroth beehives and here in the uk check out modern beekeeping who are the sole UK distributors of the Honeypore Hives. As usual, I'll leave links to their websites in the podcast notes. Well, we've had a few chilly days of late. I've even taken to wearing my crocheted beanie hat that I was given as a Christmas present a few years ago. It looks a little daft but keeps my head nice and warm especially at the workshop where we don't really have any heating apart from the hot air that Pete and I spout when we're talking which is of course most of the time but it's still not enough to keep us warm. We've been trying to keep warm by painting the honey pour equipment that we received a few weeks back. It sometimes seems a never-ending task especially as we don't have the luxury of spray painting so it's all rollers and paintbrushes. That said. We got a couple of coats on most things and Pete's been checking everything out this week and covering up the bits that we all missed. Hopefully this weekend we'll have completed that particular task and we can move on to some of the more exciting jobs. I'm going to be filming my take on the floors and roofs of the honeypore hives next. Some interesting kit with some very clever features so do keep a lookout for that. Then it will be frames and wax foundation and mountains of them not just for the Langstroth polyhives but for all the boxes we've been cleaning and preparing ready for the start of the new season and that brings me on to today's topic of getting ready for the new season or more particularly getting our bees ready for the new season i was recently asked to give a talk in late march at the norwich and district beekeeping association which is my local beekeeping group that i'm a member of and current treasurer the topic i've been asked to talk about is getting hives ready for the new season. Well, the problem is, by the time I give the talk, which is the third Wednesday of the month, it's likely to be too late. I know that last season we were very busy with our colonies, moving to oilseed rape, putting nukes into full-size hives, and generally beginning to check for swarms, and that was late March. The perfect time to give a talk about preparing hives for spring is probably August now that might come as a surprise to some beginner beekeepers but the more experienced beekeepers out there will know exactly what I'm talking about for me the honey production season comes to a sudden halt at the end of july you could almost see the nectar tap being turned off it's that sudden so what is the beekeeper supposed to do between the end of july and the start of the new season around 6 months later well Not a great deal if he or she is organised, but there are some crucial steps that gets the bees in perfect condition and ready for a fast start the following spring. So we all know that if you're using treatments to control Varroa, August is a good time to use them. With a reducing number of brood and probably the highest total number of Varroa in the colony, there's likely to be quite a high loading. It's not always the case, but this is the point that the perfect storm can destroy an otherwise healthy colony. So you've treated and then maybe fed some sugar syrup, carried out the hefting, bee hives feel heavy, checked you have a laying queen and it all looks good in that department. Mouse guards have been attached and the hive wrapped in chicken wire to stop woodpecker damage and then you leave your bees until late April expecting them to survive without any problems. I suspect for most beehives and beekeepers that would probably work more times than not but why take the risk? There are a lot of things that can go wrong between the last quick check maybe in late September and a first spring check in or around April. I've even been told by a master beekeeper here in the UK not to bother checking my hives until early May. If I'd done that last year I probably have lost a lot more swarms than I did and we were really busy chasing our swarming colonies in April last year anyway so calling that approach a potential disaster is not an exaggeration. So what can you do over the late winter period to ensure that your bees make it through those last terrible weeks of winter and into the warmth of a new spring? Well firstly make sure you follow a routine as I described earlier in the late summer and early winter to ensure that you've done all you can. Treat, feed and protect your bees. The next step is to keep an eye on them all through the winter. Regular visits watching the hives, spotting bees out flying on the slightly warmer days, seeing that the bees are active when they should be is always a comforting sight. One excellent habit to get into is to take a look at the ground beneath the hives during this period. What you should see is that the debris has fallen down from the frames as the bees open sealed cells of food stores and also cappings that have been chewed away as newly emerging bees join the colony. Of course, that's only going to happen if you have an open mesh floor, but you could easily lever the brood box off the floor and check a solid floor if you were concerned. Pete has a kind of endoscope camera attachment for his mobile phone. To be honest, I've not really asked too many details for fear of what he might tell me however I think he intends using it to see what's going on in the hive over winter. Now that I've written that I'm really not sure if it was Pete or whether I just made that up. I've sent him a message to find out and if he replies in time I'll let you know in a few minutes. Anyway in the absence of an endoscope you could just have a quick look at the floor by lifting the brood box at the edge but be warned that Bees in winter sometimes don't take kindly to being knocked about, so wear a bee suit. So you're watching your bees and checking the debris on the ground. What about hefting the hive? I've talked at length about hefting before, and it takes a while to get the hang of it. And you need to think clearly about what you're sensing. Is it heavy? Does that mean that the hive is full of food and the bees are okay, Or does it mean that the hive is full of food because the bees are dead Never assume a particular outcome based on one piece of information. Try to gather snippets of information and piece it all together. For example, you can see that the bees are flying, the hive feels a little light when hefted, and they've eaten three quarters of a kilo of fondant that you gave them a week ago. Maybe you need to give them a little more fondant. Another example might be the hive is quite light. There are lots of bees flying about, but they are mostly drones. Could it be that you have a drone-laying queen? Obviously something's not right, so get in there and have a further investigation. Maybe the hive is really heavy. There are bees flying, but not too many when compared to other colonies. Again, it's worth taking a look to see if there are any issues. You might just find a situation called isolation starvation, where the bees get stuck in one place and are unable to get to the food stores. Plenty of food, but the bees will likely starve and die if you don't do something. Maybe move a frame of liquid food next to the exposed cluster of bees to allow them easy access to food, and also pop a bag of fondant on top to make sure they have a ready supply. These are some of the situations you can come up against through the winter, and you need to be able to assess what's going on and put in place something that will help the bees get through to the spring. The worst case scenarios are finding a dead colony. But don't just walk away feeling upset and despondent without doing a bit of detective work first. And most importantly, if you're not taking the hive away to clean immediately, block up the entrance so it can't be robbed out. That's other colonies taking advantage of free food and flying in and stealing what's left. Worst case scenario is that your bees died of a foul brood disease and it's now spreading to your other colonies and your neighbouring beekeepers colonies because you didn't take the time to block up the entrance. Don't be that beekeeper. But that is, of course, the worst-case scenario. On a positive note, what if you're looking to take advantage of an early nectar flow? Your bees are really busy, and perhaps there's some oilseed rape, or canola as it's known around the world, in the local neighbourhood. The key is building ever-expanding colonies, ready to take advantage of any nectar flow that suddenly becomes available to them. And the way to do that is to make sure that the colony has everything it needs to make more bees. Food and drink, just as we all need, and that's what the bees need to make more bees. A good balanced diet and plenty of drink. By that, I mean a good mix of carbohydrates and proteins, all washed down with plenty of water. In order to make more bees, the colonies need healthy larvae. And to help the larvae grow, they need proteins And what I'm talking about here is pollen. Pollen provides the essential amino acids that developing larvae need to grow into healthy adult bees. The colony will have been busy in the late autumn period, gathering as much pollen as possible. As well as nectar, of course, but pollen in particular to store ready for right now. And for me, that usually means ivy pollen specifically. We have lots of it growing around our apiaries, and you can see the bees frantically gathering every last grain hold specifically for building new bees in the late winter. That's all fine and well but what if it's particularly wet and cold when they should be out gathering late season pollen? It could be that right now they're low on stores of pollen and have to wait until they can get out to forage on hazel, crocus and snowdrops. So what can we do to help? Well we can feed a pollen substitute. It's not perfect but it can help fill the gap until the willow flower's and the air is filled with pollen so as to make you sneeze. There are lots of recipes that you could use, but for me, it's easier to buy a proven ready-mixed dry product and mix it with syrup or one of the ready-made packs that you just open and place on the crime board. I've previously used Bee Pro Pollen Sub to good effect. As usual, some colonies gorge themselves on it, some push it around their plate like bored teenagers, and others ignore it completely, waiting for the real thing, and only the real thing will do for them. This year, we're trying the Apipasta Plus. It's a ready-mixed pollen sub that comes in one kilo paste form in a shallow tray. I'm actually going out this weekend to put it on colonies, so look out for a video in due course. It comes from modern beekeeping, and I'll link it in the podcast notes. I've not used it before, so it'll be interesting to see how the bees take it, in comparison to some of the other products we've used in the past. If you don't have pollen substitute, then fondant would be the next best thing to keep some food going into the hive, and make sure that the bees have access to water as well. Many beekeepers forget the importance of water, and if you're not near a pond or river, put out a shallow tray with some stones in it so that the bees don't drown. If you get everything balanced and correct through the late season season, and over winter, you can be sure the bees will reward you in the spring by being super busy and growing stronger each day. Of course, that leads to one of the biggest challenges beekeepers have to face within growing spring colonies, swarming. But that's a conversation for next time. Finally, if you're going to the first big beekeeping event here in the UK at Stonely Park, that's Bee Tradex, on Saturday the 18th of March, do look out for me somewhere around the modern beekeeping stand and come over and say hello. I'll be loitering around, perhaps helping Paul with some of the honey honeypore hives and zoo can syrups and fondants. I hope you have a fantastic week. The new season will be upon us, so let's do all we can to have a fast start. Please do remember to check out my Patreon page where you can access lots more content. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Stuart Sphinx, and that was beekeeping short and sweet.